Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Choose Inclusion for our Black Voices Matter series. Uh, I am here as usual my, with my co-hosts, Mike and Yubi. Hey guys. Hey everybody, welcome hey, back. Hey, well, welcome back. Thanks for uh, jo joining us today. Got a great guest. Yeah, we're super excited about this. And uh, once we, once Mike heard about one of their titles, Mike got a little excited, but uh, today we have Patrice Palmer. Uh, their pronouns are they, them, theirs. Uh, Patrice is the CEO of eRoot, also teaches at CSU, Colorado State University. And the thing that got Mike super excited is that Patrice actually works at New Belgium Brewery as their diversity and inclusion specialist. So welcome Patrice. Thank you so much, thank you so much. So the, the first question we always ask our guests is just a check-in. How, how are you, how are you doing? Um, it's a lot going on in the world. Um, and uh, every day um, is a struggle and, and to be very transparent, uh, you don't get to be authentic. I don't think authenticity is something that um, when you have intersecting identities, you honestly get to be. Um, because I think if I was completely authentic in how I feel most days, um, people just wouldn't want to hear it, honestly. Uh, so with that, you know, you kind of, you nod and you say, I'm fine, um, while trying to just get through the rest of the day. Uh, but today I will say today's a little bit better than it was yesterday. And I expect that tomorrow will be better than today. So I'm gonna keep it moving. I'm gonna keep it moving. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you're at the intersection of multiple marginalized identities. You know, you're, you're black, queer, and trans, non-binary. How, how does that impact your day-to-day your -day life and, and the work that you're doing? It's, it's interesting uh, to see how you sometimes don't have a, a choice of how you get to show up. Um, you show up for the, your audience, uh, you know, I think uh, Miss uh, RuPaul said it best, you know, everything is drag, you know, whatever you come into a space, depending on that audience, you may have to dress up a little bit. So having intersecting identities, it's sometimes very hard for folks to have an understanding that my blackness is as much hurt as my queer identity, which is as much hurt as my trans identity. Um, and to I think it's, it's just hard for folks to understand the simultaneity of that. And so because of code switching, you switch as it relates to that room. Um, and so I very rarely get to come in as my whole self. Um, and so that can just be tiresome and cumbersome um, to have to switch off and code switch as much as you have to, depending on what space you're in. Patrice, uh, this is Mike, and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with this conversation because, and uh, yes, I, I think it's fantastic that you're part of a, a great uh, a brewing company here in Colorado. However, again, you're also, you, you teach at a uh, very prestigious uh, university here in Colorado as well. So you you wear some very public um, facing uh, hats. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to um, so as you're as you're talking about this, you know, showing up as your authentic self. You're still getting paid by some pretty pretty pr pretty large entities. 
um, to, to show up. So I'd love to know, like, you know, so what, what is that? Um, what, what, what is, what, talk to me a little bit more about that journey. Like how, like, how, how do you walk that? Like, what is, put me, uh, you know, give, give me, a, a, again, being a blind guy, I don't, I, I'm and, and white blind guy. I'm, I'm missing out on some of this. Can you put me in your shoes uh, per se for, for some of that journey? Do, would, would you uh, indulge me with that? Absolutely. Um, so, so many, so many different things. So my journey um, has always been that the, the best way for me to show up has always been for me to be unapologetic. Um, and that's really, really hard when you're in a uh, forward facing space, um, because everything you say is scrutinized and criticized. And so you want to make sure you choose your words carefully without taking away from the levity or the brevity of what is going on in the moment. And so I have had um, the honor and privilege of working in spaces that for some odd reason allow me to speak my truth. Um, I don't know if they know what they've done, um, but it has absolutely given me opportunities to be visible and be able to speak my truth in, in a multitude of settings. So at, at CSU teaching, um, teaching in the College of Business, which is also just an interesting uh, space to be in, um, in, a, in a business setting, um, as well as doing large scale diversity and inclusion programming within the college and working with um, advisees uh, within the college. I've really had a chance to be able to be unapologetic in how I show up. Um, I think anytime I've ever interviewed for a job, I said, is this what you really want? Because I don't get, I'm not turning this off. Um, I will do what is, is asked of me, um, but I'm going to tell you in a way that's, is, that is both with grace, but also with accountability, who I am, what I represent, and what needs to happen. And in both of those spaces, I have been honored to be able to do that. Um, and it hasn't caught, caught up with me yet. So uh, we're, we're gonna keep knocking on wood that I don't face any backlash. Um, but in those two institutions, I have definitely um, had a opportunity to be my whole self. I have, however, been in institutions where I could not be. I was questioned about who I am, my, the message that I was presenting to students or I was uh, giving to clients, you know, too rough, too angry, um, too whatever. And honestly, yeah, when, when you are faced with injustice, as a human being, I have every right to be angry. And I'm going to be angry and I'm going to tell you that I'm angry, but I'm also, because I'm an educator, by trade, I'm going to also show you how to not step in it again so we don't have to keep going over the same bridge. Um, and so with that, I try my best uh, to show up as authentically as I can, also knowing my, my parameters and my boundaries. Um, so in painting a picture for you, when I show up, I'm showing up as Patrice, I'm showing up as non-binary. I'm telling you that these are my pronouns. I'm engaging in my blackness by the way that I talk and the way that I, I, I show up in every aspect. And for me, my blackness is royalty. 
it is, uh, it has a commanding presence to it. And so when I come in, I never come in in a, in a space where I feel like I have to be subservient or I have to wait to be seen or heard. I come in proud. I come in strong because that's who I am and that's who I descend from. Um, and then being queer and non-binary uh, uh, transgender, I'm magic on top of that. So Mike, I I am I'm pretty awesome without saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all day long. And I, I, all day so, long. Love it. And but how like um I, I would say that I think for most people in general that 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 feeling is rare. Mm. And so you know, what do you say to to people who who aren't there, right? Mm-hmm. How do they how do they build that level of of confidence and just pure, like you said, unapologetic authenticity? Like this is my identity. This is me. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely say the first thing you have to do is you have to stop being afraid of of your reflection. Um, Mike, I, I will honestly say that, uh, you know, you, saying that you're, you're blind, uh, you, you get to, in, in so many ways, your reflection is what you've created for yourself. And I think we have to get to that point because what society has given us is not an accurate representation of who we are. It's, a, it's a, uh, one of those fun mirrors in a, in a circus. It's not, a, it's a distortion of who we are. So the first thing we have to do is recognize that the, the, the image that we've been given is not us. It's a caricature of us. The next thing is that you have to find unapologetic people. You have to find community members who love who they are, who are um, strong in who they are because the world is cruel, especially with intersecting identities. I don't fit in. And it's hard to say that when you're 12 and 16 and 20, that you don't fit in when everybody is showing you that that's what you have to be. I don't fit in. And I had to be okay with the fact that I will never fit in. And that's hard because, but it's an absolutely, it's a you commandment. It's a you commitment. It's all up to you to be able to do that. And you have to be able to, um, surround yourself with people that also see that beauty in you. Um, for me, I don't look at myself in a mirror, but the people that I surround myself with are my mirror. They mirror who I am, the beauty that I have, the love and the dedication and, and the strong work ethic. All those people that are in my inner circle are that reflection of who I truly am. Um, and so, uh, what I would say to anyone as they are trying to find themselves is you're going to have to be comfortable with being by yourself. And I heard a, a, a great um, communications professor um, say that they've, they've never been able to be the only woman in a space because they're always the only Black person in the space. So they had to be okay with being Black so that they can show up as a Black woman. And that's what I say the same thing. You have to, you actually have to be okay with not being a part of what other people's definition of you will be and is. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited that it took me a while. It didn't happen overnight. I'm 37 years old and it didn't happen overnight, but it has happened to a point where I am on fire for who I am. And I count it an honor and a privilege to be around people who appreciate it and celebrate it, but also hold me to the fire when it comes to accountability. I just want to cheer while you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah, bravo. Absolutely. So Patrice, one of the things that we talked about, you know, a week ago was really around the the Black Lives Matter movement, the fact that it's gotten so much, you know, publicity, momentum, a lot of coverage in the media. But there's a key voice that's been missing from this conversation, and that's the voice of black trans women. I was Absolutely. wondering if you could talk about that. Like what's happening and what needs to change? Um, it's so layered, it's so nuanced. Um, it's steeped in supremacy in so many different ways, steeped in um, misogyny and patriarchy and all these other isms um, that uh, push us out and other us. Um, so the first thing I would say is um, in order to love Black, and love blackness and love black lives and love the voices that black lives bring to society you have to love all of our blackness all of our blackness is nuance we are not a monolith we are a nuanced people with language and food and culture and different experiences that have completely joined us together through the melanation of our skin and the enslavement of being here in um, North America. Um, and so all of those things together make black culture this, this great melting pot of so many different cultures and identities all together. Um, so when we have movements that again were started by uh, black queer folks, you know, you you have Bayard Rustin, we would not have gotten to the to the March on Washington without Bayard Rustin. We wouldn't have understood um, the the beauty of our language and our authenticity without um, James Baldwin and um, Audre Lorde and these beautiful queer symbols of, of hope and triumph. And while also having the, the women like Marsha P. Johnson and um, Miss Major, uh, these women of trans experience who are Black, who stand in their Blackness, who stand in their womanhood and stand in their trans identity and don't take any of that for granted. You cannot see all of us if you don't shed the light on how trans women have shaped our community and continue to shape our community. Continue to be that voice within our community, right? And so I feel that as a movement, we do Black women a disservice and even more we do Black women who are of trans experience a disservice when we do not center them as the most marginalized and the folks that we need to pay attention to. And so that is something that I have seen within the movement um, is that we don't get to center those lived experiences and really see um, the fringes of society in, in some ways, how a lot of black trans women have had to 
survive. And then we don't get to hear about them until they die. And even in that, that death is fleeting because they have lived as one thing, but they are still named as what society wants them to be. I just, I've, I've gotten to a point within myself as I talk uh, around blackness, as I talk around my queer and trans identity, that if I do not pay homage to black trans women, then I am doing my blackness a disservice. I am doing my queer identity a disservice. I am doing my trans identity a disservice because I cannot call myself a part of a movement that does not center and love and celebrate the uniqueness of all of me. That, that unapologetic nature, we got that from trans women. We got that unapologetic understanding of what it meant because black women in totality have always had the movement on, on their backs. And as someone who was assigned female at birth, who has travailed um, societally as a black woman, um, even as a non-binary person, I would never disrespect my uh, journey in saying that a part of who I am was shaped by the experiences that I had as a black woman growing up. Um, and now as someone who's been able to come into my truth even more as a non-binary person, that blackness still shows up, that black womanhood still shows up. Um, and so, yes, I, I, I pay homage and I, I pay respect to the women who live and the women whose um, shoulders that we stand on, whose, um, we, we absolutely stand on the, the blood, sweat and tears of, of women, particularly black trans women. Um, and we just have to acknowledge it in order for us to be able to continue to move forward with the veracity that we're moving. That's amazing. I, what you said was, was, is, and I hope people are listening to what you said, it, it, because to, it, to me, it's, it, it's these black trans women, they're, they're the strongest of anybody, mm. right? Like they, I mean, it, it, at least that's how I see it because of, because they are unapologetic and, and real, like they know who they are. Mm -hmm. And they are fighting for that more than anybody else. And that, that should absolutely be like at the top of the conversation. And it, I just hope people can hear that in your voice that, that you know, these are people and they're the strongest of us. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and, the, and, the, and the beauty of that is the fact that they're so strong and they're so loving and they're so compassionate that even when we we hurt them, they have never left us. They continue to fight alongside of us. They continue to validate us. They continue to lift us up. When we have forgotten them, they never step back. They never stop doing what they do because they know that this is what needs to happen. And so within that, it's like, like how can we not stop and give homage, pay homage? When someone is like, I know you're, you're spitting on my name, but I still love you. I know that you're killing me, but I still want you to succeed. That strength is what keeps us 
together. And until we acknowledge it in its totality, we will never be as strong as we should be. We're only as strong as we are because they hold us up. The minute we begin, begin to actually embrace and allow us to step back and hold them up, oh, we about, we about to damage. We're going to really do some damage because now it's all in. We not, we're not divided anymore. It's not, oh, okay, because you fit this particular uh, spectrum, I'm going to, we're going to move forward. Now it's all of us from the strongest to the, the most afraid. Once we all connect, that, that's, where, that's where love is. Um, and that's that promised land that I want to get to. So how do we, how do, like, what, sorry, what do we need to be doing to center Black trans women's voices and center our conversations around that? How, what, what should organizations be doing? What should individuals be doing? What should society be doing? What should the media be doing? Absolutely. The, the first thing is, is, is listening. Black trans women have been talking for a generation. Marsha, Marsha P. Johnson, as, as we know it as, as, as Stonewall, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Riviera are the two uh, women who literally were a part of actually creating the Stonewall uprising. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't even be able to, to uh, celebrate and, and embrace all these different parts of ourselves and be able to show up in these places um, authentically. We would not have been able to do that. We would not have seen a rise in uh, black gay men who are able to talk about their profession um, as drag performers. We wouldn't know what that is. You wouldn't see that on main screen if the women who didn't fit in weren't fighting to be seen. So the first thing is acknowledging them and giving them their rightful place back in history because we literally took them out of history. We need to first center them back into history so that we understand the sacrifice. The second is we need to get um, rid of our antiquated ways of thinking about how womanhood needs to show up. When you oppress trans women, you are also oppressing cis women. Because if you do not allow trans women to show up and be themselves, you are ultimately telling women they can also not show up and be themselves if they identify as cis, um, if they identify as um, disabled, if they identify as uh, overweight or any other uh, uh, explicative that I can put with that. You are telling them they can't be if you also tell trans women they cannot be. So that's the next thing is that we cannot continue to silence women, particularly trans women, because when we silence them, we're silencing everyone. We're silencing uh, communities in totality. Um, and then the third thing I would definitely say is now that you, you're listening, you put them back into history, actually let them speak their own truth. I, I appreciate being in this space. I appreciate um, the love that, that, that this um, podcast is giving, but I also wanna hear black trans women speak about black trans women. Allow them to speak, allow them to tell their own stories so that you can actually see uh, all of the nuances and the, the experiences that show up. Um, within them and within the communities that they represent. 
Um, and so that would be the, the things that I would want within our movement and also within society. Um, until we are respectful of trans women, we're not gonna be respectful of women. We're not gonna re be respectful of, of non-binary, um, masculine presenting folks, uh, uh, folks who identify um, as gay, as lesbian. You won't be able to actually love us in totality until you love the one that you silence the most. And so that's what I am wanting um, us to do as a society, as a, a, a Black community, to remember trans identity is absolutely not uh, a foreign concept to the African diaspora. It's not. Each community, each tribe had it, its own way of doing things, but through um, colonized religion, um, through enslavement, we have been taught that it is wrong and that because it is wrong, then we must exterminate it. And because of that, now in 2020, 21 black trans women have been murdered. Within the last week and a half, I'm sorry, not week and a half, um, a month and a half, um, since um, the end of June, um, going into July, uh, we've lost six women, brutally, brutally lost. And let me go back and say, uh, I wanna make sure I get my statistic right. There has not been 21 um, black women. There have been 21 trans deaths and the vast majority of those people have been black trans women. So I want to make sure I, I get that um, correct. Um, but it makes no sense. And most of them have been murdered and then they have been misgendered and then they have been buried incorrectly because of our fear as a society. And I'm, I am, I'm tired of it. I'm angered by it and my heart grieves because there's so much more that needs to be done in order to make um, Black women safe, Black trans women safe. Um, and we're just not doing it. And we're not centering it in the conversation. And I have no idea why it's, it's this hard not to do. I don't understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, sorry, Nina. I'm I'm blown away with the um, with with these hate crimes. Like I uh, um, I I'll, I'll be the first to admit I I I don't follow mainstream media. I don't uh, um, I, I I don't stick my head in the sand. But I I really do my best because of um, just so much negativity that's just in the news in general. But but these, this is the kind of statistic, though, that I am, I'm actually really surprised that I haven't heard of from some of my other alternative um, media uh, mo modes. And I'm, I'm blown away with this hate crime. Are these, are these hate crimes, are they being solved for? Are they, are they, um, like, are they just going unsolved? Like, I, yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm just, 
<laughs> so some of them are unsolved. Some of them are un unsolved. Some of them are, we know exactly uh, who the perpetrator was and we know the, the reasoning behind the, the crime. Um, and, it, and it goes uh, into the, that myth. And I definitely want to say myth that trans women, particularly trans women, do not disclose uh, anything about themselves when they when they meet uh, a potential partner. Um, and so a lot of the deaths have been around the anger and fury of knowing um, who this person is. And honestly, and be, to be very transparent in this, it's the attraction. And because of how society labels that attraction as abnormal, that person now feels as though they have to um, eliminate and exterminate that feeling by ending um, a woman's life. Um, right now, uh, I think Braylon Stone right now is the youngest uh, black trans woman um, who was murdered and she was 17. She was in high school, she was 17. And um, there were three or four assailants um, in, her, in her crime. Um, and so it, regardless of, of how it, it comes a, about, um, the taking of, of black trans women's lives um, is just appalling. And it is, uh, it has to be more mainstream than it is. HRC is, is reporting on it. Um, the Transgender Justice Initiative uh, is reporting on it. Uh, but a lot of people, the, the, the vast majority of folks still don't know who these uh, folks are um, and don't know who I am. And, and, and I, I wanna center black trans women, but also say we as a community are not doing enough um, to even get to know uh, to provide sanctuary and to provide an outlet for um, these women to be safe because that is something that we still are not doing. As it was said before, Nina, I believe you, uh, you or you be uh, mentioned um, the high rate of unemployment for uh, trans people collectively. Uh, we also have the highest um, rates of uh, discrimination as, as it relates to um, sexual harassment in the workplace. A lot of us don't wanna work in a workplace that people are asking you continuously about your genitals or asking you uh, or making uh, derogatory uh, remarks about you. And so we have this very high um, rate of assault and um, battery and discrimination because the world still won't see us as human. And as a black person, I understand not being seen as human. And then it, it regurgitates itself within um, other communities that I'm a part of, particularly the uh, black trans community. Patrice, I think I'm so glad you joined us today because I, you know, clearly this is a topic that is not talked about enough. I mean, uh, the media is not covering it. Uh, these voices are not being centered. And I really appreciate you calling us out um, to make sure that we are bringing in black trans women into our podcast as well. And so I do, uh, appreciate that and I think that we should do that and so um, I will ask you and our listeners to give us recommendations if there's any folks that you know and then obviously we will also do our due diligence to find black trans women who who might want to be heard and give them the platform to do that so thank you for this and thank you for everything we really appreciate you taking the time and space to to join us today and to uh, you know give 
give so much information to our listeners to hopefully like an action coming out of this. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, definitely um, have recommendations. Would love to, to hopefully know that um, your, your listeners are also doing the exact same thing, um, but also want to kind of highlight a, a couple of organizations who are doing the work because again, um, Black trans lives are always looked at only in death, but understand that there is joy in us, there is love in us, there is life in us. And so there are a lot of different organizations who are bringing that life and, and love um, to Black trans people, as well as centering um, Black trans voices, particularly um, those who identify as uh, women. And, and also, most certainly, uh, we, we haven't even gotten into the silencing of Black trans men uh, and how that has, has showed, uh, showed up. And so, again, I think even with that, having Black trans men in the space speaking their truths and being able to say, this is who I am and this is how I'm showed up. Um, as a Black trans person who identifies as non-binary, my biggest fear is that I will be killed because I am a, I, I present as a man, um, but I will be buried as a woman. Um, and therefore my story won't be told because they will never know who I was um, because of how society has blanketed me. And so there are, like I said, a lot of different um, community uh, groups that are doing some absolutely great work. Um, Black Trans Circle um, is, a, is a great organization that's is doing work with um, Black trans women. Um, Transgender Awareness Alliance of South Carolina is doing some great work um, for Black trans people in the South, um, because again, that's a whole nother conversation to talk about what they're doing in the South and, and how um, access is absolutely denied. Um, trans Women of Color Project and the Trans Justice Funding Project is another great project that again, centers uh, women who are in the Midwest um, around getting resources uh, that are basic, basic resources that are just needed that you may not be able to find. Um, and then we have um, BTAC, which is the Black Trans Advocacy Coalition that really just does so much around Black joy, um, pageantry, um, speaking engagements, uh, community service outlets, um, and just a lot of really great things. And then again, around Black Joy, um, Greek letter organizations that are have been created to talk around um, Black identity, uh, Black trans identity in the, the fraternal or sorority um, type uh, space also are popping up to provide Black joy. Because again, our narrative has always been so bleak the average lifespan of a black trans woman is no more than 35. So if you can meet a, a black trans woman over the age of 35, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just to know, like I, I, I used to be 35, I'm 37 years old. If I identify as a black trans woman, there would be no way that I can make it to 35. And that's a known fact. So right. creating these spaces that have black joy, black trans women joy is also, a big part of keeping Black women engaged and keeping Black women um, a, a part of society and, and, and stopping the othering because Black joy is just as strong and needed as any other um, opportunity because it's so hard just existing in spaces that don't want you. And to be unapologetic, you got to have love. And so I am, I am, 
very happy for the communities that I am a part of that give me that love because they give me life. Yeah, and they keep you alive, and that's they keep you alive, and they won't forget you. <laughs> right, right. Well, I I hope everybody comes back and listens to this episode over and over because you're an amazing voice and um, powerful, and it's needed. And we're going to do what we can to to keep bringing voices like yours through our platform. So thank you again, Patrice. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Again, chooseinclusion.com. You can find all of these amazing voices. Just go and learn. Listen and learn. Thank you, Nina. Thank you, Mike. And we will see you all next time. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Patrice. Thank you so much.